0: Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner of the $100 is Rich Jones. Okay, Rich Jones, he is stuck in corporate. He wants to break free. He's binging on the show. For your chance to win $100 every Monday morning, simply subscribe to the podcast right now on iTunes and then text the word Nathan to 33444 to prove that you did it. Folks, many of you heard I made a big league acquisition of a business. NathanLatka.com forward slash SendLater is the name of the business. And I didn't want to give up equity to a developer because I'm a business guy. So what I did is I used a website to find a guy named He Shaming. I paid He over $12,000 to help me build Send Later, And the site that I am using now is called at NathanLatka.com forward slash T-O-P-T-A-L. I will build SendLater and do a big business and I will take it public by the time I turn 30. I'll tell you more later on in the episode. This is episode 433. Coming up tomorrow morning, you're going to hear from Liz Pearson, episode 434. She runs a top software as a service planning tool called Liquid Planner that does over 600 grand a month in monthly recurring revenue. They just passed 1,800 customers and have raised over $13 million, growing fast. Top Tribe. Good morning to you. Our guest this morning is Jim Fowler. He is the founder and CEO of Owler, the crowdsourced competitive intelligence platform business professionals are using to outsmart their competition, gain competitive insights, and uncover the latest industry news and alerts. Prior to Owler, Jim founded Jigsaw in 2003 and was CEO until it was acquired by Salesforce in 2010 for $175 bucks. Jim, are you ready to take us to the top? I am, Nathan. All right. So this is fun. This is going to be a fun one because back on October 6th and 2015, you and I had our first conversation that was at NathanLatka.com forward slash the top 73 or episode 73. You talked about the sale to Salesforce for 175 million bucks. You talked about you were just launching Owler, but I mean, barely starting. So give us an update over the last 12 months. Where is Owler now? And why don't you start by telling everyone what it does?
1: Sure. Owler is a, is a competitive intelligence platform, like you explained. We've got almost 700,000 active business professionals using the platform, uh, as you mentioned, it you know, help outsmart their competition. You know, sales folks, for example, will use it to track their existing customers, their prospects, their partners, and, of course, their competitors. Uh, we call this the your, you know, competitive, uh, you know, um, graph, if you will um and uh um you also use it to get kind of weekly what we call showdowns which show you versus your competition something that gets people really uh really excited um and then last week we have another product called instant insights which will give you kind of an in-depth look at events like fundings acquisitions leadership changes but the main thing that our users use is a daily snapshot which is uh a a, a bunch of news blog posts and insights around exactly what's happening in your competitive graph.
0: And how are you, are you automatic? Like I go to your website at first things it says is who do you want to track, right? What competitor do you want to track? Are you then just using kind of website data or things that you can scrape online to figure out who my competitors are, or I need to build that list manually?
1: Well, when you, when the user signs up, the first thing we ask is what's your company? And we actually show you what our community believes are your most competitive companies. You get to move that around. And that's actually one of the most important inputs we get. It's what helps us really hone in on uh, on a competitive set. Um, And then, of course, we'll also, you know, prompt you to say, well, you know, who are your partners? Who are your customers? If you're a purchaser, you know, who are your vendors? You know, C-level, you know, VP-level. And, of course, you know, everyone, you know, is interested in tracking who are my competitors, what's going on with them. It's something that most of us are a little too lazy to do on a regular basis. We do this, we just make it very, very easy. But most of the data is input by users. Uh, We do do some crawling and scraping, but mostly it's
0: around user input. Mhm. It's fun for actually me to type in my last company which I sold. I type in hayo.com on Owler and it's actually this is actually kind of impressive. Uh it says hayo company profile. It has me as founder and CEO has an approval rating 83%. I don't know what that is, but I'm going to make that 100. I don't know what I need to do, but that's going to go up. Uh, it says founded headquarters stats, <laughs> key, key stats estimated revenue uh, and then top competitors which you guys nailed. Shortstack, AgoraPost, EasyPromo, Strata. Uh this is this is fascinating actually. Um Really interesting. Where are you pulling the revenue data from?
1: So um, the way that we get data is in your daily snapshot. Every day, we're going to ask you one simple question. Um, And it would be something as simple as, hey, rate the CEO or you're following the company. So, you know, it Um, rate the CEO. Hey, is their revenue um, above or below this number? Or we might ask you um, which of these two is closer to the. To, the, to being correct. Uh-huh. Um, and so it's a bunch of user input. This is just a classic crowdsourced model where we're using the wisdom of crowds to, to create better data. In fact, one of our main goals this year, which we've actually already achieved, is what we call the Owler Challenge. And we're saying, hey, pick five private companies that you know, go um, pull the data off of Hoover's, which is done a Bradstreet Data, and pull the, the data off of Owler and see who wins. We're kicking their butts. Um, our crowd is is just far more powerful than the few employees they can you know, hire to try to call every couple of years and, and try to verify this.
0: What is it like? I'm on on I'm on a Ryan Holmes suit suite profile right now. And this is obviously an estimated number because it says employees six hundred and eleven total funding 284.9 million, eighty four point nine million. And then revenue with the thing that says estimated if private and it has the revenue at five point four billion, which is obviously not accurate. So how do you wh- where are you po- if you don't have human input? how there's a math formula or something you're running to get that 5.4 billion. I'm curious what that is.
1: Well, clearly something is wrong. You know, no data set is perfect. You know, our is far from perfect. It's just far more perfect than the next best alternative. Something is going on there. And uh, I'm glad you're bringing it to my attention because that one is wrong. Well, but I want to um, know how you, that's the key thing it, though.
0: I want to understand how you process that stuff. I'm cause I don't want this to be like, Oh, you found something wrong. I'm not trying to nitpick. I'm trying to wonder how you start with a benchmark and then how you use your people to get a more accurate number.
1: Uh, we do use some algorithmic work behind the scenes to get a first guess. And the more people we have following a company, the more accurate it is. In this case, there's a lot of followers of Hootsuite um, for reasons I don't understand. We've got a very inaccurate number there. And it may be that um, there was a run of people trying to gain that uh, gain that number for uh-huh. a while. And we and y- you know, you always use statistical, you know, best practices, you throw out on uh, that stuff, but there also just may be a bug right now because normally we're much better than that. But
0: yeah, this is fascinating. Okay. But um, it's, it's all user User based. It's all user-based. So when I, when I click on like vote now on one of these companies, a, a pop-up appears where I have to put my email in. I imagine you guys have a pretty big kind of list right now of kind of crowdsource people. What, what is that size right now? How many people?
1: Uh, well, of uh, crowdsources, there's over, there's almost 700,000 active users On our system, you know, we've doubled our user base over the last 90 days. Um, Aller is free. So when we're asking for your emails because uh, we want you to, you know, sign up to vote. And uh, as soon as you do that, which is free,
0: uh, then uh, you can start voting. Got it. And what is the so it's free right now. So you don't you're not making any money yet, right?
1: um, Well, no, actually, that's not true. We make all of our money selling the data off of the back end. Um, You know, this is a crowdsourced model, just like Jigsaw. We're just going after a different set of data. And um, so for us, we make our money selling this data to, you know, companies that need it in bulk, exactly like Jigsaw did. We sell our data off of our API. I kind of call this the Tom Sawyer effect. We get a bunch of people to come to our website and and paint the picket fence for us. You know, of course, they get a free service that's very valuable for them. And of course, we get data from them that we can sell, and that's how we make
0: make money. So tell us, so last year, twenty fifteen, what was total revenue? Uh,
1: we're we were uh, pre rev in twenty fifteen. We hadn't even started uh, even pushing revenue. We were we we're kind of lucky in that because of the success of Jigsaw, we were able to raise a lot of money. Yeah, did um, you raised- raise? You know nineteen million dollars. okay. So Jigsaw, we had to start driving revenue really early. Um here we're really lucky in that we can kind of take a LinkedIn approach where they didn't really care about revenue for a long time because Reed Hoffman had come from you know PayPal and you know had his you know already made a bunch of money and could raise whatever he wanted. We're, I'm, we're, I'm certainly no Reed Hoffman, but we definitely have the ability to really spend time not focusing on our revenue, which is very distracting and really driving um, user engagement. You know, we're, we'll end this year with over a million active, not registered, active users on our system. Define active. And we're, we've got our... What's that?
0: Define active.
1: An active is someone who opens um, an email, goes to our website, or does a vote in the last 30 days.
0: Okay, got it.
1: It's pretty standard pretty standard definition for an active user.
0: Yep. So you raised, Um, you raised, we've
1: got our plan. Go ahead.
0: I was going to say, so you raised that 19 million bucks. uh, You're investing it, investing, investing it. Give us a sense that you've turned the revenue on. Can you, can you maybe tell us about what's the average? We know when someone says, Hey Jim, I want your data. What are they paying you? What was maybe like the last deal? If you want to use an example.
1: Uh, We're, we, we just, um, uh, signed a deal for, you know, a hundred thousand dollar plus. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're we go out there and do big licensing deals with partners that that deal's not public yet. So I can't talk about it, but that's the size of deal that we start, you know, start doing you, we, we go take our entire data set. What'll be really interesting to your, to your listeners, Nathan, is that competitive data has never existed. And this competitive graph is really fascinating. Like here's a couple of examples of how, um, people use it, you can go in and take a list of all of your existing companies that are customers of yours mm-hmm. and um, put it into our system. And we will spit out, based on competitive proximity, who are the companies that are most likely to buy from you in the future based on competitive proximity? This this data has never existed before. Getting your listeners know that if they ever wanted to really you know figure out who does a company compete with, it was a do-it-yourself exercise. This is the... The way we're really changing the rules on it, um,
0: you know, again, using the crowd. Mm, yeah. And no, it, it, look, the data is fascinating. I mean, I, I and in, in full transparency, I had not been back on this since we last spoke. It's completely different than it was a year ago. Um, and it's just because you, you have such network effects now with almost a million people get, getting in here and voting. Um so, so that's valuable. What is it without don't name the company you just did the deal with, but give us a sense of the type of company that is maybe going to pay a hundred grand for something like this. Is it like a Salesforce or is it someone else? Yeah,
1: well, there's a there's a bunch of of different types of applications for it. You know, we kind of look at um, three buckets of types of of big partners. One are what we call containers, exactly like you're talking about companies like Salesforce or any of the marketing automation or um, ERP, anywhere where business information lives. Tell the audience, Jim, what the ERP means. The back- oh, I'm so sorry. Inter- enterprise resource planning, um, like SAP would be a great example, or success factors. Yep. Our, um, these containers, they all contain the data. And our belief is that a container is worthless without high quality data to drive it. So our mission is we want to be the backbone and supply a few of the critical ribs of every bit set of business information in existence. So um, uh, that's one place where we do deals. Another is, um, you know, resellers, folks that, uh, that are in the data business. The data business is very incestuous and everyone's kind of a frenemy. Um, everyone competes with everyone in a, a little bit. But what we really want to do is stick to our knitting in and compile the data, manage our crowd, and then go to the folks that already have um, relationships with the end customers and let them sell it. But we also have, um, you know, a few really large companies that have huge data budgets that um, we go to directly as well. Um, some of these are like financial services institutions oh, okay. that, again, you know, want the best. The I, There's a huge amount of money um, that that gets spent by financial services and investment community. I mean, you know, imagine how important it is to have a pretty good idea of what private company revenue is. Oh, all the
0: analysts. I mean, all the people at, Yeah, totally. No, it makes great sense, Jim. Uh, what, what is the, so you just turned on kind of the revenue kind of spigot. It sounds like a few months ago. What's your guys' goal in 2016 in terms of revenue number to hit?
1: Um, you know, it's a little early to say, um, what's much more important to us is our next order of that. We went we, The last time we talked, we had a um, you know, oh gosh, maybe a 10,000 active users. Mm-hmm. Um, we ended 2015 with a hun- little over 100,000 active users. We're going to 10x again that this year to a million. We'll end the year at over a million active users. Our next stop is 10 million. That's one-tenth the size of LinkedIn. And when you know having you know proving our contribution model, so we get all of our you know data, you know so that's the best possible data out there, or at least it's the you know best in existence. Then we can really focus on on rev. But you know, I'm imagining we're going to do you know you know anywhere between three and five million in revenue in in twenty six in twenty seventeen. Yeah, is my guess. Yeah, well, we're not going to really focus on it. We're just getting it started.
0: Yeah, no, it makes a it's you're unique to talk to because. Like you mentioned earlier, you have a track record that allowed you, right? You sold a company to Salesforce for 175 million bucks. You have a track record that allowed you to raise, you know, 20 million bucks almost pre revenue, and you're really focusing on product. And I gotta have to say that the difference between last time I went here and now is night and day uh, in terms of what you're building. So let me ask you another question. Uh, When you're selling these contracts to sales companies, you know, i.e., your revenue model, but you're relying on a crowd to update these numbers on private data, like we just saw with Hootsuite at 5.4 billion. Is there like a SLA attached to every sale of the data, like a service thing that says, you know, these are accurate within this many percentage points that you guarantee it? And if not, why are people willing to pay that price without knowing if it is accurate or not?
1: Um, so, first of all, for U.S. companies um, that, that are private, they do not have to um, disclose their revenue. Um, Europe is different. Several European countries require private companies to disclose their revenue, which is interesting. Um, So everything that's out there is an estimate. So let's take Dun & Bradstreet, which is, you know, your listeners would, you know, right now they certainly have the biggest market share. Um, The good news is all we have to do is just be demonstrably better than Dun & Bradstreet. So no, there's no such thing as an s l a we're very, very clear to our buyers that this data is an estimate mm-hmm. um, there is no way to, unless you're you're getting illegal um, insider information, then it can only be an estimate. Our goal is we just want to have the best estimates in existence by you know um you know measure over the, the competition. And right now that would be done on Street.
0: Why is it, ha- Jim, why does it have to be illegal to have that information? Can, like if you talk to a CEO at a private company and you get them to share the, the revenue number, that, that's not illegal, is it?
1: Yeah, illegal is a strong term. But what would happen is companies that do not want to disclose, um, which is you, the norm, you know, sometimes private company CEOs will talk about their revenue, but it's more likely that they didn't. And oftentimes they require their um, employees to sign uh, non-disclosure agreements or confidentiality agreements, and you know we certainly do not want to get in the business of you know encouraging anyone to break those. That's why I it's see. a vote. And, you know when we get enough when we get enough people voting on this data, it's all you know it goes into a big vote. So no one can come in and just say this is the revenue. Now we can set it when we do find places. Uh, we do use algorithms to look at uh, news. And um listen to see if CEOs are talking about revenue. Again, an interview do, or something. Then we can go. Like, yeah, we can we can do that. But you gotta realize, you know, I'm a CEO and you know, CEOs don't always tell the exact truth. Yeah. <laughs> yep. They yep. may be talking about revenue that's gonna be happening next year or in the future, right? I mean, so you have to take it with a grain of salt. Or what they I dreamed mean, really, about last night. What we believe. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's getting the you know crowd. If you if you do crowdsourcing well, you know you're getting. A, it's all about getting a lot of people to come in and vote, and that's the key for us. So these just, people are voting um, like on. That's what- Like on
0: HootSuite, I'd go in there and I know 5.4 billion is wrong just based off my gut. I would vote that down and it would automatically go down. That's what I'm trying to understand is like the collective intelligence of the people. How is that going to be better or worse than what your scrapers and kind of automatic machines are finding? Or are you just trusting that it's going to be it doesn't have to be accurate. It has to be more reliable than the best alternative, which is done in Bradstreet.
1: Exactly. So let's give an example. I'm going in right now to HootSuite. And I'm going to say, hey, it says, what do you think Hootsuite's revenue is? Well, when, when we ask you your normal question, you know, in your snap, daily snapshot, it's just an either or question. Okay. But you can go in here and say 5.4. I don't think Hootsuite's revenue is anywhere near that. I think it's probably somewhere around 22 million, 25 million. And, uh-huh. I, you know, that's what I would guess. What do you think, Nathan? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but if I were guessing, I would guess it's around that. So I'm going to go in and put 25 million in. Now, this is gonna trigger something. It won't happen right away. All it's gonna do is show me that I said 25 million, but it's gonna go now, and our algorithms are gonna start kicking in to change this. And uh, like their estimated employees feel right-ish. Yep. Um, and they have 4,049 followers on Owler, which is also interesting. It's a you lot. Know, I right? just realized that I think, yeah, um, it is a lot. Actually, I don't think it's 25 with 611. Um, they're probably more like 75 million. Yeah, yeah. You're nah, doing, you're doing a cost structure
0: calculation. Yes. You're basically to almost, you're basically doing like a revenue per employee calculation, Six eleven times X amount and boom.
1: Well, when you don't know any better, um, yeah. it's a really, you know, basically a good back of the envelope guesstimate on revenue is a hundred thousand in, dollars in revenue per employee, maybe 120,000, but you know, law firms make far more than that on average or, you know, doctor's offices. So it, it all depends on, you know, in some tech companies way more than that, but that's a good back of the envelope estimate,
0: if yep. you will. Last, last question uh, before getting to my, uh, the, the famous five here, Jim. Uh, Ryan Holmes sends you a cease and desist and says, Jim, we're trying to raise capital. You have our funding number on here or our revenue number totally wrong and it's screwing us up. We're going to sue you if you don't take our data down. How do you respond?
1: Um, it's really simple. We're using publicly available data and we're representing what we can find. So we just say, here, you can go right in and fix it. Um, If the data is not correct, fix it. Um, So what we're dealing with is every single thing on here is either publicly available data or um, it's an estimate by our crowd. Um, We've had a couple of companies, not, you know, Ryan knows much better, but smaller companies Uh like we don't want to be on here. And if you're a registered business, we have every legal right to do it. There is one field that we will take off if someone requests and that's their logo um, And then we just put in a, you know, a, a generic one that says this company, you know, will not authorize use of its logo, Interesting. but that's Interesting. happened. Like, I think three companies have not allowed us to use their logo. That is something that is trademarked. And, you know, every other thing though, there is anyone who understands anything about data knows that this is all absolutely legal data.
0: Uh, fascinating. How many companies are listed on Aula right now in your database?
1: Um, we have almost 12 million, um, companies on and, you know, on, on plan to have about 20 million by the end of the year. We we want to have every company on the planet in our, over time. The only requirement is you have to have a URL. You have to have a website in order to be on the system.
0: Jim, as you keep building this thing, where's the best place for people to follow you online?
1: Um, well, uh, itself, uh, just come on to Owler and follow Owler and you're going to get everything <laughs> that I get, um, you know, talk about, obviously you can also follow Owler on Twitter and, um, and, uh, um, Facebook as well. And then of course, personally for me, um, um, well, I do all of mine through that. So that's the easiest way. Is, right. uh, just go to Owler and, and follow us there.
0: All right, guys, very quickly, many of you heard I acquired Send Later at NathanLatka.com forward slash send later. And here's the thing, I don't wanna hire a big team. I'm a business guy though, so I need developers. So what I did is I found this little website. I found this guy named He Shiming. I paid him over $12,000 to help me keep building this business, which I will take public by the time I turn So it's called TopTal. And what TopTal does, it's a network of elite pre-vetted software developers. Basically, I told TopTal what I was looking for. They search their network for the best people. They even test the candidates, which saves me time. And then they just said, Nathan, here, use this candidate. They meet your individual needs and boom, I'm off to the races. So once you pick someone on TopTal, you can start working with them the next day. Now, for my people, TopTal is offering a no-risk trial period that you can get at nathanlatka.com forward slash t-o-p-t-a-l again nathanlatka.com forward slash toptal to get started this is perfect if you're a business person listening that doesn't know how to incentivize or find a technical co-founder go to nathanlatka.com forward slash toptal and get started building your app now that's good, Owler on Owler, there's the profile, there's a Jim's mugshot there, estimated revenue, Estimate. Say estimated employees, it says 150. That's so funny, for Owler.
1: Yeah, it's. we have a, a very large operation. We have a large operation in India. So some of the work, like when we run into data problems, they process that. So when we have users that will come in and say, hey, this is wildly wrong, exactly, like I just sent something into that team and they're going to go look at it by hand and go, what the heck's going on? So we have a very, it's a relatively small amount of our, uh, you know, employees that are, you know, what I call, you know, data, they're market analysts or, you know, folks that process data. Got and it. our entire engineering team is in India as well. Got we it. Have, we have about 12 employees now in, in San Mateo, California, in the Bay Area.
0: Well, Jim, we'll link to all that stuff in the show notes at Nathanladka.com forward slash the top 433. Again, forward slash the top 433. Three. Let's get into, Jim, the famous five-zero rapid-fire, one-word answers. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Good to Great. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now?
1: Uh, Elon Musk.
0: Number three, is there a favorite online tool you have, like FreshBooks? Well, Owler, of course, (laughs) Uh, of course, there's the, there's the promotional man coming out there. (laughs) Number four, yes or no. Do you get eight hours of sleep every night? Yeah. No, no. And what's your situation, Jim? Married, single, do you have kids?
1: I am single and I do have a kid. Okay. So one kid is a 16 year old. And how old are you, Jim?
0: I am 51. So last question, take us back 31 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? How to plan for the worst case scenario. (laughs) I'm sorry, plan for the worst case scenario, but hope for the best case scenario top tribe there you have it plan for the worst hope for the best from jim fowler who sold his company to salesforce for 175 million bucks then jumped into alder raised 20 or 19 million dollars focused on getting in competitive intelligence to people that just have not existed before on businesses their revenue among many other data line items jim thank you for taking us to the top
1: my pleasure nathan thank you
0: if you enjoyed Jim today, go back and listen to Josh yesterday. He bootstrapped his SaaS company to seventy-five grand in monthly recurring revenue last month for viral campaigns, and he just passed 1,000 customers. His company is called kickofflabs.com. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday.